You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 279. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by my obsession, Four Sigmatic. I love Four Sigmatic coffee and mocha mixes, which you can make yourself by mixing a few together if you choose, or they have a new mushroom mocha mix with chaga, which I love. If you like the mocha mix that I was making with the hot cacao and the cordyceps coffee, you can now just buy the mushroom mocha mix with chaga, and it's gonna be just as good. I truly love it. I hope you check it out if you're a mocha fan like myself, or if you like teas, you can go try that, or other super elixirs as well. They have superfoods built in, and the coffees have half the caffeine of regular coffee, no jitters, no crash, and no stomach issues. So if you enjoy all of those aspects, I'd highly recommend you try it and see if you enjoy it as much as myself. I tend to have four to five of these mochas a day, so I'm a little bit wild, but again, half the caffeine, so I don't get nearly as jacked up as I would if I was having four or five lattes at a restaurant. If you want to try this, go over to foursigmatic.com slash lively. That's going to give you all of the selection and then use the code lively to get 15% off. So this is a great way to save some money if you are enjoying it as much as I am or just want to check it out and see what it's all about. Now for where I am, I'm in Sydney. Again, still preparing for C-School. So exciting. It's coming up so soon here in early June. And today I'm doing a Q&A episode. I love doing these off the cuff. So I just did a call out a few hours ago on Instagram and just said, hey, if you have a message or a question for me, please send it in a direct message. So I'm literally going to pull up my phone now, have not pre-read these yet. They're going to be all off the cuff and I'm just going to have fun answering your questions. And we're going to start with Rachel from Rock & Co who said, I'm sure you've touched on this before, but what's the balance between honoring your feelings and releasing them versus trying to force yourself into alignment? And what are your thoughts around the balance of feeling so happy and aligned that you could float away versus making sure you're grounded, feet touching the earth, etc.? Oh, these are great questions, Rachel. Okay. So by the way, Rachel has a really cool crystal shop online, and I've gotten a lot of questions after the crystal episode about where to buy crystals online. And I'm not an online crystal shopper except for at Rachel's shop, Rock & Co. And she's here in Australia, so I don't know if she ships to the US or elsewhere, but at least in Australia, I know that she would ship to you. So okay, let's go to her question. So what's the balance between honoring your feelings and releasing them versus trying to force yourself into alignment? I would seek what feels like relief for you in that present moment and let your inner voice guide you. So if you're feeling super out of alignment, like really angry or frustrated, just find relief. You don't have to be at like level 10 happy cloud. You know, maybe I'll just be slightly less grumpy that day. And you just accept that facet of yourself for that day, but not trying to necessarily stay in a horrible vibration that's really not serving you. Does that make sense? So you kind of want to go, here I am. Like as Abraham says, you put your boat in the river wherever you put it in, the, at wellness, at divorce, at elation, at marriage, whatever you're putting it into, that's where you're putting it in. And you want to find what flows from there like relief. So from, and I say this a lot, from depression, anger might be the next step because it has energy where depression is a low vibration with no energy. It's just like, I think it has a lot of energy, actually. It's actually weighing you down so much. It's like so much 
against the flow energy that getting into anger actually loosens it up. It actually gets things moving in a direction. It's still not positive yet by any means, not saying to stay in anger and or to project anger at other people, but to experience it can be a very powerful turning point moving in a direction towards neutrality and then to positivity. So wherever you are, I would just honor it and see what you can stretch into without pulling a muscle. Think of it like, yeah, like sprinting. You don't want to pull a muscle, but you also can stretch into something that's a little further out than where you were before without forcing, without shooting on yourself, without feeling worse about yourself because you're not at some other level that's unrealistic. Just kind of stretch into what feels best next and let that be enough. Okay, so thoughts around balance of feeling so happy and aligned that you could float away versus making sure you're grounded. I would follow your inner voice on a case-by-case basis. Because right now we're looking for the answer in me, but really the situation will have a different response to whatever the situation in the present moment is for you. So I would check in with yourself when you're feeling X, Y, or Z ways. And I remember I met someone in my journey a year ago now, and I was in the phase of the law of attraction where I was amping up. I was telling this to a friend the other day, and I was like, I felt like I was, if you think of me as like at a concert, I was trying to turn the volume up on my alignment as high and blasted as possible. And he looked at me, this very insightful man. He'd gone through a lot of interesting consciousness experiences further than I had at the time, especially. And he just looked at me first meeting and he goes, you need to learn how to control that dial. (laughs) And I was like, what? I'm just trying to get it as high as I can go. I didn't even ever think about having a control over the dial. Now you could look at the having control of the dial about also checking in about being grounded, etc. You know what another way of doing this is besides checking with your inner voice, which obviously is always helpful and best, is also to take a deep breath. So if you're feeling in the super happy aligned could float away state, if you're in that really, really great place, I've met some people where it feels forced, like like the energy, if you think of the amplifier in my story, like hurts your ears. You know what I mean? Where the sound can hurt your ears versus be really loud and, and fun. There's a difference between at a concert when you're in a really loud environment that's enjoyable and you're in a loud environment that's not enjoyable. If you're kind of feeling that frizziness, that franticness, that energy that's getting out of that zone of comfort, a deep breath is going to help you ground to, I think, a level you want to be at. But I don't think you have to force yourself to come all the way, I don't know, back down to earth, quote unquote, if you feel good in the higher place. And just recognize you're going to play all the notes on the scale at one point or another. So it's not like you're never going to be grounded in the future. But if in that moment you're feeling pretty good, I'd honor that if that's where your inner voice is allowing you to be without any guilt or obligation to be somewhere else. And if you're feeling really grounded and not feeling like you're floating away, just honor and be with that. Both experiences can be positive. And I I think finding the balance between them is something we get better at over time. But it's not about forcing or shooting on ourselves about which one's right or wrong or better or not for us. One of them, I could say also from some experiences with different personality types, is maybe going to be more natural for our set point than the other. So some people might have like a really grounded, peaceful way of being. I think I can think of some males I know in my life that are really have been that as like their set point and that's their natural place where I'm more of that happy aligned float away set point. And it's cool that I've found my grounding, but that wasn't my natural set point. And trying to tell myself that I should be that is just shooting on myself and making me feel worse about it than just allowing what is to be there. 
So again, as far as the floaty away feeling though, there is that like level of comfort with the extreme experience of the noise. And then there's that point where the volume's too much. So you wanna kind of question when you feel forced and just take a deep breath. And I think that'll bring you down just to a place that's more peaceful for you instead of a little bit frantic. Okay, so now we have Pete Jessica who said, Hi, Jess. Wondering if you ever circle back to some of your original life with intention, online teachings, and interpreting success mountain, being, doing, and having with law of attraction principles. I was thinking about this last week, and it really does seem to align with manifestation. Being leads to having, and wondered what your thoughts are on that. Thanks. Yeah, so Life with Intention Online was my precursor to Flow with Intention. It was amazing, and I had no idea about law of attraction at the time, or was not using it in any way whatsoever. So what's cool about Success Mountain and I won't go into it too much here, though it is really cool, <laughs> is basically think of uh, a mountain and there's three levels. If you cut it like a layered wedding cake, so the top layer is being, the, the middle layer is doing, and the lowest level is having. What people are taught in society is to go up the mountain to climb it and to peak at the summit, which is like, if I have everything and then I do everything, then I'll be happy. What's true and more true, and even lo- like totally, like she said, I didn't realize it at the time, but what I captured was universal truth. So it still worked with law of attraction. I just wasn't aware of law of attraction. It's like I was using gravity without realizing it was called gravity in that case. So it does work. So, and it's everything Abraham talks about, being already at the top, being in the frequency of what you want, and then taking action from that alignment before action, you guys have heard me say that a million times, leads to the having of the thing. So it still works. Yes. Great question. And all the LWIO people are probably like, yeah, it's still there. (laughs) It still works, guys. Even though I talk about flow all the time, life with intention online still works. All right. So now we have Sophia who said, Jess, I'm feeling stuck and like I can't break through on manifesting. I'm needing and of course wanting to lose weight for my health and make some healthier habits. I'm loving myself. I'm acting as if I'm putting it in the vortex and then letting go of the outcome. But things just don't seem to be happening. And I feel like maybe there's a block. How do we hone in on our blocks and remove them to get what we want? Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's my question. Okay, if you're doing everything you consciously know how to do, I would guess there's a subconscious reason your subconscious is keeping it there because your subconscious, as I learned from Marissa Peer with all of my training with her and over decades of work and amazing experiences with people all over the world and amazing, amazing, amazing experiences, your subconscious is trying to either protect or punish you. Now, do not worry for anyone that's like, oh my God, my subconscious is trying to punish me by keeping me fat. No, 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 no. The people that have like, molested other people or killed other people or really done horrific things, those subconsciouses have a feeling like they deserve to be punished, okay? So those ones do. And that's a rare case. It's not from Marissa's experience, very common. It can be there, but it's not common. So do not worry. If you have an outcome like me, I didn't have my period. It wasn't because my subconscious was trying to punish me. Even though I felt like it wasn't what I wanted or weight isn't what you want, Usually when you go deeper, you will find that your subconscious is trying to protect you from something from when you were probably very young. So a lot of people, she did a whole day in my training on weight loss and did some sessions with people up at the front that were in the course to become therapists and they did RTT sessions and we watched her do it live. And a lot of like, for example, people that had experiences with like sexual abuse, 
when they were young or physical abuse would have a subconscious pattern that would be uncovered through RTT, not through their consciousness. So your consciousness most likely thinks it knows of the three reasons from when you were young that have to do with why you have this. I know I've done RTT enough times personally even or for other people where I think I know what it's all about. And then maybe one of the five scenes that you aggress to is what you think it's going to be. But the rest of them totally in your conscious mind make no freaking sense because in your adult conscious state, you never would have chosen the subconscious pattern that was created from these random events that have truly nothing to do with your current state and reality. So the people, for example, with the sexual or physical violence, the people that were sexually abused found that the subconscious realized if it had weight on it, it would be less likely to get attention in some cases. So the weight was there for a protection. Or if someone got pushed around or their parents got pushed around by someone else who was abusive in the family, they wanted to be big enough to not be pushed around by an abuser in the family. Now, of course, these people do not want to have the weight on them. They're not even living with those people. Those people might be dead now, but the subconscious is still playing out the pattern from that old past. And if you listen to some Abrahams about subconscious, I've always been very fascinated by their approach to it. And sometimes you'll hear, depending on the episode you find, where they say, don't go dig a ditch to climb out. So don't go back into the past if you're going to regurgitate something that's, you know, not in your life. And so it almost seems like don't go into anything subconscious. And sometimes it almost sounds exactly like they're saying that. But I heard a more recent one. I don't remember which one, but I heard a more updated one where they said, well, that's true. But if you're having an issue like the weight's not going away and you're consciously trying to do everything you can and you're not getting the result, then there is something active in your vibration now that's still creating this now reality. So in that case, it's not digging yourself in a ditch. You're already in the ditch. You're just not really truly aware of what the ditch is. And so you can use a subconscious releasing like an RTT. And that's just the most powerful one. There's many other ways to do it. You can do kinesiology, you can do theta healing. But when it comes to, for me, or EFT, like there's so many ways to do this. There's so many ways to skin a cat. There's so many ways to do this. But poor cats, by the way, oh, all that skinning. But here's the thing. I have just found personally through my journey, flow, and experience that RTT is so good and so satisfying for the mind because it kind of gets to do the work for itself, where some of these other modalities almost seem as though someone's doing it for you because they're able to tap into the universal theta wave and get into your subconscious for you. The mind has a harder time accepting that, if especially if it's new to all this work, because it's like, I didn't do the work and it keeps thinking that it needs to change. So doing an RTT session is really cool because it really helps your mind do the work, if you will and unroot it and release it. So yeah, I would suggest if you're not satisfied to try that, and if you're looking for a place to find a therapist, go over to marissapeer.com. That is where you can find a therapist. She has a whole listing there for people. I trust that Law of Attraction and the universe will find you the right person. So go with your intuition on which person to choose. I don't have any personal recommendations for anyone, which way or the other. And if you're in flow and in the Slack community through the masterclass, you can also go there and people have a whole thread, I think, of experiences and sharing. And now some of the flow members themselves are becoming therapists. So it's cool if you're in the community, you can go check out that as well. But just go to straight to Marissa Peer. And also you can listen to an example or two if you go to justlively.com slash marissa peer to hear from her herself or she did an episode we aired an actual rtt session example and i don't remember the 
URL or the episode number, but if you just Google JessLively.com slash like Marissa Peer, you'll find the other episode as well. So now let's move on. We have Alana Jensen who said, loving your podcast. I listened to the alignment Q&A, which was great, but I was wondering what if doing what feels good directly interferes with my long-term well-being? For instance, eating lots of junk food, which feels great, but has bad consequences. You're telling a story, Alana, that a lot of people, most of culture, in fact, are telling. Well, first of all, you're projecting this present moment onto an unending present moment future, which I'm going to always want to eat a ton of candy. I remember Regis Philbin. I remember a story years ago when I stopped listening to my ego and started listening to my intuition about eating and got over my eating issues that I used to have for nine years. So a long time. I remember Janine Roth was the woman that helped me get out of that ditch that I dug for myself. And I remember her describing an interview with Regis Philbin. Nothing against Regis, by the way. But he just heard her say, you know, I'm going to eat what my intuition tells me to eat. And he said, well, what if you eat ice cream and junk food all day? Which is kind of to this question. And I'm actually going to give you Janine's response. She goes, well, you know, the inner being, and this is paraphrasing here, of course. She said, the inner being, your intuition might want to eat junk food for a while, especially if it's been restricting itself. It might. If you listen to your intuition and not the ego, that is the biggest 100% difference, you guys. Are you listening to your intuition? Are you listening to your ego? Your intuition, by all means, might want a freaking Oreo or a donut, but it's unlikely to want 12 Oreos or 12 donuts. It depends about the scale and the outcome of that. If you're reaching for an experience, it's going to take you out of alignment through something like gambling, shopping any addiction. That's the ego running amok with it. That's not you tapped into your intuition. That's not tapped into alignment. That's tapped into misalignment. That's tapped into ego. So you have to recognize I eat chocolate every single freaking morning. As long as I feel like it, it's been that pattern for a while. But if I ever feel like not doing it, of course I won't. But it's never led to this, what you're describing, bad consequences. It's not. And I'm not telling a story about that that makes it so. So if you tell that story, you'll create that reality. And also, I think you're projecting that your intuition is going to want to eat to a point that's not actually healthy for you, which is more ego driven than intuition led. So I would say that trust your inner voice and write to it if you're unsure of what's right for you about how much or whatever. If you're really unclear about that feeling of I'm full now, then check in. Go to justlively.com slash intuition to see how you can do this for yourself. But really, I think it's the difference between assuming it's the ego in charge rather than your intuition. Okay, so now we have B Beachy Designs underscore Lip Sense who said, how do we know that we are vibrating? And do positive emotions make us vibe higher, faster than negative? If so, how do we know? Okay, great question. I haven't done any deep dive into like looking up this exact answer, but as far as vibrating, how do we know that we're vibrating? Okay, so electrons, (laughs) going all the way down, 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 down. Okay, you guys hear us talk about vibrating. You're like, what is vibrating? Well, waves. Everything is a wave at the smallest molecular level. When they're looking at the particles, the subatomic particles, the particles that make up the atom, there's a spin and there's this oscillation between the polarity of the positive to the negative. And as that comes and around and around and around, it's spinning and spinning and spinning, that creates a wave pattern. I remember Bruce Lipton at an event showing this on a board, but I don't know where to find this online. But basically, at the subatomic level, everything is oscillating between positive and negative. And so 
those subatomic particles are. And we're made of those subatomic particles. And when we say we're vibrating, we're just made of the pieces that they have found to vibrate. But vibrating meaning going between phase or going between the positive and the negative. And as that rotation continues and you look at a meter that's going up and down, up and down, up and down, tends to consistently create a wave pattern. Now the frequency, which is just the cycles per second and the amplitude and all those sorts of things will vary. And out of that variance, you will have a different sensory perception. So certain waves at certain frequencies will be sound waves. At a certain frequency, a wave is sound. At another frequency, if you just change how much per cycles per second or per whatever millisecond, whatever you're looking at in the amplitude, you will change what you're sensing. So at a certain frequency, it'll be a microwave, which melts chocolate in the microwave, very handy. Or at another frequency, it'll be ultraviolet rays and light. Color is a frequency. Just like sound waves are a frequency, they're just on a different part of the spectrum still a frequency, just a different one. So all of our organs have different frequencies. If they were exactly the same, this is actually in the crystal episode. So if you want to listen to the crystal episode we recently aired with Hibiscus Moon, go check out that. We talk about how the organs in the body have different frequencies. Otherwise, if they all had exactly the same frequency, then they'd be the same organ because it would be frequencing at the same rate and then he wouldn't be able to tell it apart from anything else. It's the fact that there are these differentiations in frequency that make things different from one another. Otherwise, if they're matching exactly, and I, you know, there's electrical charge here too. So there's like this electromagnetic situation that's interplaying with all of these frequencies. But in terms of the emotions, the neural peptides, do they have different frequencies? This is a great question and it, it is something that I have personally hypothesize it would make sense that a neural peptide of adrenaline would have a different frequency than cortisol would have a different frequency than oxytocin and serotonin. I don't know of any doctor personally that has showed this, but, and I don't know what the frequency on the spectrum, like which one's cycling faster per second, but I would, from my own experience of positive emotions and the energy I feel in them personally versus negative, guess that they're different, but I don't know. So it's just not something I've gone specifically into diving deep, but you could probably go on the internet, I would recommend, and just see what you can find. I bet there is more information out there about that, but as it stands now, I've not flowed into anything through the courses and all the events that I went to or books I've read. Okay, now we have Isabel with intention said, are you still eating gluten and dairy free? No. I'm not. I used to for a long time. I thought that that would help my skin be clear. And then I realized my subconscious is in charge of my digestion. And because of that, I went into my subconscious and unworked the beliefs I had around those foods and started eating them again. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Amazing. Other people will just keep avoiding the foods. I just decided to go to what felt best, which was I want to be able to eat it. I just don't want to be affected negatively. Okay, next up we have all the sweetness. You said, hi, Jess, can the intuition sometimes guide us to procrastination? Is procrastination the result of a lack of alignment and not feeling ready to take inspired action? I've always wondered if procrastination is led by the ego or intuition. Thank you very much for clarifying. Nathalie. That's a great question, and I think I'm going to have a different answer than most people's answers that you will find in the world, possibly, or some people. I am going to say alignment before action. So if you're procrastinating, there is a reason, and just trust it, not shooting on yourself. If the ego is procrastinating, let's say it is, 
it's also, if you're going to go force yourself to do it, the thing that's shitting on you to do it. <laughs> Either case, it feels bad. You feel bad procrastinating. And then it's the same thing going through the back door, making you feel bad about itself. So if you get out of that, the path to getting out of that is allowing yourself to be where you are and do what feels good and trust that once you feel like doing it, nothing will stop you from doing it. And if you're still not sure, I would write to your inner voice and find out for yourself in any specifics case, like what's going on? Why am I avoiding it? How can I see this differently? What is this trying to show me? How can I have peace about this situation? Those are questions to ask. Again, go over to JessLively.com slash intuition to find out more about how to do that. But your inner being will have the answer for you on a case-to-case basis. But in my case, I believe and lead by alignment first, not mistrusting. I trust that my inner being will lead me to what I want to do from the best and highest place possible. And I trust that I can allow that to be there when it's right without forcing it from an ego perspective. Okay, Caitlin Cat asked, best ways to deal with energy fluctuations? Love that question and roll with it, flow with it, let it be there. There are days where I do very little and there are days where I do a lot and I just let it be what it is. So can you. Shooting on yourself about having a consistent flow of energy is pretty useless because if you're not having that experience, why tell yourself you should be? It's not happening in the present moment. So why tell yourself it should be other than what it is? That's just creating resistance on your path. So I would just flow with it and trust that if you're having the low flow day, that this is a day for even more joy and alignment in whatever that looks like at that energy and trust that when it's higher, it shall be. Forest Yogi says, hi, Jess, I love your show. It's helped me loads. I have two questions, if that's all right. I've always had what I believe to be a strong intuition, but only in the final dire seconds left to a decision. I also know I have the ability to channel, but I have no idea how to tap into it. It's always just started on its own. How do I increase my sense of intuition and distinguish my intuition voice or my normal thought voice? I always feel like I think it is made up and not real. Thank you. I would use the writing exercise I explain in justlively.com slash intuition for you. So basically what you can do is just ask the questions and then wait for the responses. That's it. Just wait for the responses and write them down and just keep practicing that. I think that's all you need to do. Pretty simple. You already know that you're hearing a voice and just trust that when you're listening, you're in receptive mode to the voice and you're not making it up. And when you're asking the questions, you get to choose what they are. That's a great question. Now we have Stock and Barrel who said, my wife and I have been binging on your podcast. We love them. What other podcasts or books do you recommend for newbies? I recommend if you like my show lately, the law of attraction stuff's probably your jam. So I would listen to Abraham Hicks videos on YouTube. Truly just go search the term Abraham Hicks and dive in. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hours of them over the decades that have been shared for free on there. And also the Law of Attraction through Audible. I really love that because it's a great place to get started. It's her very early days. She sounds kind of weird because she's still channeling in a very new, more resistant mode. So she sounds a little weirder. Her voice is loosened up a lot. I think she's allowing a lot more to come through naturally without as much resistance, which I don't think is bad, by the way. I think that that when she was younger, and doing this in the earlier days, she was more 
because I can understand from my own experiences with whatever may be channeling for myself. Like I'm very wary to move my own mouth or like allow it to open as easily. So I'm like, no, if it's going to do this, it's going to do this itself kind of to make sure I'm not getting in the way or getting involved or, or pushing it along. And so I'm guessing that she might have had that maybe. And as she's gotten so, so comfortable with it, she now just is, sounds more natural because it's easier to move her mouth <laughs> for Abraham. That's just my surmise there. It's just a guess. Um, now we have Kay Rowell who said, what episodes of your show do you recommend listening to for insight on writing to or tapping into your intuition? If it's not already in a show, what books do you recommend? Great. Yeah, this is easy. JessLively.com slash intuition. And her other question was, how the heck do we get the crystal water to the U.S.? Well, I love Madam Dry. You guys have heard me talk about on the show and Samantha's behind Madam Dry. She's probably like, yes, Jess is mentioning it again. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I have a whole refrigerator full of it right now. They're not a sponsor. I just love it. They are hoping to get it in the U.S. hopefully soon. So she's working on it. Uh, not sure when it will be ready, but hopefully soon. All right, now we have Radical Transformation Project. They said, best tips for staying high vibe when you don't physically feel well. I get sick a lot and struggle to feel high vibe if my body isn't well. All right, I would actually recognize that there's probably a story you're telling yourself that if I'm not well, I can't be happy. If I'm having pain, I can't be happy. And I actually don't honestly often feel unwell physically, but there was a period of time for a few months where I would have like a low vibe day where I was not taking any actions for like a whole day. And in the low emotional vibe state, I would just eat nachos because they felt good and it wasn't taking me out of alignment. It was a gentle, loving thing to do for myself. It wasn't like the ego binging or any of that stuff. It was just a gentle, loving, taking care of myself little gesture. It was like my low vibe um, chicken soup for the soul was my nacho order. But anyways, I did have this experience when I was at a Buddhist meditation retreat about a year and a half ago where I was getting migraines, very painful, painful, intense migraines every day almost of the whole experience. It was really cool because I was so happy to be there. And I was able to stay in alignment even though I had the physical symptom and the pain. And I was able to not attach a story to the migraine or the pain that meant that I couldn't be happy while having the pain. So I didn't have a story going on in my mind that migraines, because they're painful, mean I can't feel good. So it was really weird. But fascinating at the same time. I remember I was sitting in a group and we're all talking about our experiences and I'm like my head was like pulsing in the, I don't know one of the corners of my mind and my skull literally is like pulsing every 15 seconds of this like piercing contraction of pain. My eye is watering underneath because it's from the migraine and I'm taking medication but it's still just so bad and it was so interesting because I was having such a good time there and also in such pain at the same time to the point where on a Wednesday after like three or four days of this I had less of a migraine that day which was felt great to not have the migraine, but I was slightly less high vibe. And then I was like, whoa, I recognized I didn't want to create the story that I need to have a migraine in order to have the high vibe. So it was so interesting in that moment to realize I didn't want to create an association to the pain and the high vibe. But also a lot of times we create a story that because we have physical pain, we have a story that says we can't emotionally feel differently. So I would question with your inner being, your inner voice through justlively.com slash intuition, do that yourself, go back and forth and find out, can I feel high vibe while my body isn't feeling well? Why is that hard for me right now? How can I see this differently? Is it possible? How is it possible? What can I do? I would go inward for the answers for you. But I'd also recognize my personal answers, recognize not to get stuck in the trap that says I do or don't need to have X, Y, or Z physical manifestation to feel emotionally any which way. 
Okay. Now we have Kat Vanderhorn who said two questions, both about staying in alignment. Question one was just wondering, do you find your alignment and intuition is impacted by your moon cycle? I always feel so aligned and great. And then two days before my cycle starts, then I feel so low and cranky. Do you have any feedback on this? And yes, I'll ask my intuition too, but I'm so cranky. It's not talking nearly as clearly and as normal. Oh, that's cute. Well, I'm glad you've asked, or at least will when you're not in the moon cycle. Um, my cycle, I don't have any symptom that I have created an association with other than possibly the acne or my breast get tender. So like, that's the only thing. I don't look or try to create a story connected to the cycle. So I don't have that to speak to because I don't have an association with it. It might be happening, but I don't want to create a story around it because then I'll just manifest it every time. So i would not notice that personally in myself, but your intuition will help you for your situation. And number two question is, I have a job that involves reading lots of terrible, terrible things, medical records of wounded veterans. Oh my goodness. Ooh, that's got to be heavy. I'm wondering if you have any tips to stay in alignment when all you're doing is reading terrible, sad things. What a fascinating, whoa, cat. Okay. This is so interesting that you're inner being has led you to this. Your inner being has not led you to this to stay out of alignment. It's not why you're there. So I would write to your inner being about what about this job and this specific task, what it has to show you about yourself and your alignment. I'm not even going to try to say that this is the same for everyone or anything. This is something that you are experiencing for some reason. And it's not bad. It's obviously your inner being's led you to this. So the answer about the alignment and the perspective to take with it lies within you, not within me or anyone else or these veterans. It doesn't align anyone but your inner voice. So try writing to it when you're not in the moon cycle where you're feeling cranky. <laughs> there is a way. Your inner being is not upset by these charts or these experiences. So you just need to find that level of conscious awareness about the situation that already is within you. Access that and then you have the choice to line up with it. But as long as you're looking at me or anyone else for the answers to that, or especially the veterans themselves, that's not going to help you because that's not where the answer is. So going inward is going to help you the most. Okay, that's a good question. Now we have Boho Gypsy Life. Hey, lady, I recognize your name. Please tell us what you think about the books you're reading. And if you were to travel for fun, what trip would you take? Do you think you would live in tiny houses and have a garden with crystals? Who are your YouTubers that you like to watch? What surprises you most with the person you are now? If you had a flow bucket wish list, what would it be? Any new things you're eating and drinking that you're digging? Anything new in flow as far as an aha uh -huh moment? Okay, that's like 17 questions, but I love them. Let's go through them one at a time. Tell us about what you think of the books you're reading. I'm rereading The Power of Now right now, and it's so funny because it was one of those like preliminary, like it was a primer. It's like one of the first books I started on the spiritual journey, and now I'm rereading it about 10 years later, and I am maybe not even 10, eight years later, something like that, and grasping far more out of it than I ever did before. Before, it was a huge opening on my path, and it was like sitting at the feet of a teacher. And now that I read it, I understand it far more. I'm not a peer yet. I'm not an enlightened being at the moment, but 
I have a level of awareness and receptivity and resonance with what he's saying that's far beyond what I had when I first read it. And all the years in between, first reading it and now, I would have told you I took everything I needed from it and I'd left it behind. Like I'd I'd float on from it. It was a building block. But now I'm like spiraling all the way back around, kind of like a circle going back, but only upwards this time in resonance, alignment, and understanding. I'm not yet to have the experiences per se, but I can tell you I have the awareness far more about that. So it's kind of like I feel less like a student, not the teacher by any means, but kind of like a student teacher, like someone that's aspiring to allow that kind of unfolding for myself to be experienced by myself, if that makes sense. But if you were to travel for fun, what trip would you take? I'm actually going to start traveling very soon. And after my date with Destiny trip, I'm going to go back to the U.S., see my family, which I didn't see at Christmas time, and see some friends and possibly Hibiscus Moon, the crystal lady we just had on the show, and possibly flow on to Europe. So I will be doing that soon. Do you think you would live in tiny houses and have a garden with crystals? I would visit a tiny house with crystals, but I would not want to live there. I prefer not a tiny house. (laughs) I think they're cute, though. Who are your YouTubers that you like to watch? Anna from Viviana Does Makeup, which is now the Anna Edit, and Mimi and Alex Icon. Those are all guests who have been on the show, and I love their channel still. And also, my goodness, Matthew Hussey, he's been on the show too. He just did an amazing musical video about limbo for all the single ladies out there. Go find the Limbo song by Matthew Hussey. Oh my goodness. I've watched it about 10 times and love it so much. So that was on YouTube as well. What surprises you most about the person you are now? That I like being alone so much. That's a new one for me. I've been spending more time alone than I ever have in my entire life, even while I was a traveler. And I don't mind it at all. So that's really surprising. And if you had a flow bucket list, what would it be? I've kind of done it. I'm living it. I lived it for two years. I'll see what's next, but I I feel like I've done a lot of that. Any new things you're eating and drinking that you're digging? I love carob chocolate. That's my new favorite thing, carob chocolate and drinking Madame Dry, the crystal-infused waters I've mentioned, and anything new as far as flow. I'm looking to flow beyond the mind, whatever that looks like. not sure what it is, but I'm going to explore it. Okay, now we have Hollywood Success Coach who said, love the podcast, have all my clients listening. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so now she has a question. Can you explain when you get really close to a manifestation but it doesn't work out? For example, you're feeling super high vibe and attract a great opportunity. It feels like it's yours so that you have little to no resistance. Then it doesn't work out like an audition or selling a script. I work in Hollywood. You're so sure it was going to work out and then you're genuinely shocked. I've had this happen to two clients recently. It is data collecting. Just like, imagine this is also true for dating, right? You think it's going to happen and everything's working out and then you find out, da-da-da-da, whatever it is. Okay, that's a data collecting experience. Whatever the da-da-da is, like whatever the reason is that they passed on the script or they passed on you or whatever's wrong with the person, even though they seemed really great up until a point, that's new data that's rounding out a clearer picture of what you're looking to manifest. The more that you can align with, okay, That experience happened. It has now led to an even better manifestation coming next. Now I get to meet someone even more awesome and more people in my life that are awesome and high vibe. If you can stay at that and kind of surf with that wave instead of let it pummel and crash you down into the wave and get you out of the count, you can keep surfing on to the next thing. It's when you get down and you look at the lack 
from that experience instead of looking at it lead you to the next experience that it really takes a full regrouping. So it's kind of like imagine yourself on the surfboard and as there's like a little turn or twist in the wave or whatever, which is like where this thing seems like it's working out but doesn't, it's just about a minor adjustment rather than letting the whole wave crash on top of you and like falling off the board and having to start all over again. The difference is not making a story out of it not happening. So if you can catch yourself before the story is made, you won't fall off the board, basically. You can keep your balance. You might wobble a little, but you don't have to fall off the whole board. Does that make sense? Like when I, for example, met the guy that I talked about, the prince, that one day, I mentioned this a few episodes ago, that was such a wild story. And like, had I been vibrating about the cancellation of plans that day, 10 minutes beforehand, I could have been so out of alignment from the person, my friend that canceled on my hike, that I would have not really wanted to talk to anyone sitting next to me. But 10 minutes later, I held on to the wave. I just let it like, it wobbled me, but it didn't knock me off the board. And so in that, I was able to stay on the board and then have a great conversation. And then manifest this like wild thing that wasn't the final partner, but was this wild manifestation go, wow, I didn't even know I could get that specific about a manifestation. And how cool that I can get that if I can get that detail, I can get anything. And that's so specific that if I can get that specific detail, then I can easily get what I want, which I'm even clearer on, because of what wasn't right in that situation. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. Now, last but not least, we have the real Simplioli, who said, I deal with a sense of struggle between leading into seemingly blind belief in the universe and the confidence I've built in my mental willpower to create positive change within myself and my life. How do you balance personally between what is in your control and what you leave to belief? I'm not religious and I'm having difficulty wholehearted believing in intelligent design or a higher power. Okay, so you're telling a story that says that I need to have a religious belief or believe in intelligent design or believe in a higher power in order for consciousness to create reality. I would, if I were you, based on not wanting to go into the whole non-physical belief world, just go study quantum mechanics and the consciousness and the effect consciousness has on experiments around quantum mechanics. That would be my suggestion. Don't even go down the belief path if you don't want to. Just go look at what consciousness does to quantum mechanics. I would go Google, like literally get on YouTube and look up consciousness and quantum mechanics and find where the law of attraction takes you through that journey for yourself. But you'll find that there's magical, unexplained things that are happening on a scientific level from the impact of consciousness on its surroundings. That is what you can do with your mental power. And you can believe in that because it's true and they can scientifically show you. So I would check that out and see how your inner voice resonates with it. And of course, go to your inner being, go to your inner voice and write to it about your own doubts and your own situation and like what belief means to you and that kind of stuff and so much more. So there you have it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I love doing these Q&As a lot. It's fun to be able to talk with you basically, go back and forth in these questions. If you wanna find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jesse, as in Chevron Lively. Remember that pattern, Chevron? Oh man, I long, long time ago, probably the most shared image I've ever created, like when I was a blogger were these chevron canvases, three chevron canvases, golden white or kinds of bronze and white. And man, such a fun part of my really old past life journey. Chevron, there it is. 
Okay, for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash JessQuestions. And for what I'm up to next, C-School preparation is underway. So excited for C-School and everyone that's coming. I'm so excited to work with you if you're on your way from near or far. So excited to see you soon. Plus, I have a huge announcement coming next week, which I'm very excited to share with you. So definitely stay tuned for next week. Got some big news for you. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. Thank you.